0: But puh, To middle fingers up the show where we hold our heads high and our middle fingers higher i'm your host kieran mckay today i am so honored to welcome Ishitha singla a true groundbreaker in the art scene the force behind madhuban performing arts Ishitha has turned adversity into empowerment creating not just a stage for artistic brilliance but a safe space within our community Ishita's journey is a testament to her ability to transform challenges into opportunities. From using dance as her voice in response to bullying as a newcomer to Canada, she now stands, I would feel, as a beacon for anyone who has faced adversity. In addition to her role as the Artistic Director of Madhuban Performing Arts, Ishita is the Senior Communications Officer at CBC – Let's just like list off all the great things about her, okay? Some of them. So she's got her performing arts. She is a senior communications officer at CBC. Avenue Magazine recognized her impact by naming her one of their top 40 under 40 back, I think it was November of last year. And it wasn't just for artistic brilliance, it was for the safe space that she helped create for South Asians and any artists that were looking to belong. And she did this all while staying deeply connected to her roots and where she comes from. So Ishita, welcome to Middle Fingers Up. We are so honored to have you today. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so honored to be here and also to be in your studio. And that was a rad <laughs> intro theme song. Oh. I feel oh, cool yes. already. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to its DJ Heavy D from out in Surrey. He put it together. And it's always a guest's favorite tune to jam to. So I appreciate hearing that. I will pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I told him, I said, I want something that's like MIA, you know, that's like, that's got like kind of her in. And so he took it and he did what he did. And uh, yeah, it's, and I liked how a- feminine
1: it was. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I will
0: let him know that. That's <laughs>
1: awesome.
0: Okay, so you're here. We were laughing that I chased you down and I'm getting really good at chasing others down. So i love that. You've been a busy woman. You've, you're giving me time. So I'm so grateful that we are here today. Time is one of the most important things in the world. So when people give us their time, we should be honored. And I just do not want you to leave without knowing how honored and appreciative I am for today. Um, mostly because you are such an influence. A leader, someone that we look to in the community. And I call you a leader. I know many have called you a leader. I don't know. Like, do you see this? Do you agree with that? Is that, is that what you, you know, little you thought? I'm going to grow up and be a leader. Like, how, how, what do you think of that?
1: You know what's funny? Uh, when I was little, I would run around being a leader in my little friend circles. Yeah. Like, yeah. I said this, so we're going to do this. <laughs> and then I remember there was a little boy in our class who would bully all the little girls, mm-hmm. right? And I got up in class one day and I was like, well, I was in India, right? So, ma'am, this guy did this. <laughs> and I stand against it and we all stand against it. And all the women, like all the women I mean girls were supposed to stand up with me and no no one did and then I got outed from the class and
0: uh, (laughs) like suspended but yeah you know that's that's great because sometimes standing up means standing up alone and I'm sure you have many stories that come back to that day where you look behind you and the people you're expecting to be right there with you weren't and you 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 keep doing it. You keep moving forward, and so that's a that's a great story to go back to and think about.
1: A hundred percent. And I also think a lot of my leadership abilities were also in the space of oblivion, almost, mm. where I was doing my own thing and not caring about what anyone thought. And yeah. I've always kind of been like that, like just naturally. Yeah. It's you know, there's a party going on, and I'm just sitting there drawing, or like I'm just sitting there creating something else. And yeah. And I think I just never understood or thought about oh, you know, people have a perception of you or they think about you. And I think it never affected me in a way where it should have, Right? like naturally. Like yeah. there was a wall up. Yeah. And I think that helped me become a leader because I think leaders have to be a little fearless. Mm-hmm. They have to not think about what people think about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, you have to have a thick skin because when things go bad, you're the one to take the full responsibility or that, you know, we look to to say, hey, so it's one of those things where, yeah, if something's going well, that's great. But those aren't the the leadership stories you hear about, the hard lessons you hear about, you know, leaders talk about. So you talk about your connection to your community and your roots. How do you want the rest of us to understand what that means? What does that mean to you?
1: (sighs) Okay, roots, uh, connection to your roots. When I think about that, I feel like I think about the little girl who used to watch Bollywood films and want to be like Madhuri Dixit oh. or Aishwarya Rai and yeah. like, yeah, and like <laughs> dress up, you know, dress up to the best of my capabilities and like dance in front of the mirror and be again fearless and and not judge myself and not put myself in like a box mm-hmm. of how I can be or what people think of me and stuff like that. So for me, that's my roots, like. Yeah thinking back to the time when I was growing up in India and like the floors were cold because, you know, the AC was on for the longest time. And I would just be standing in front of this dingy little mirror and like dressing up myself and my Barbies and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, yeah and, and like figuring out what it means to be an Indian girl. And yeah, I think that's your roots are your most authentic self. Mm-hmm. And your authenticity comes from being Close to your culture. Yeah. What are What is your uh, What makes you feel? If you're Indian, what makes you feel Indian at heart? Right. What helps you connect with your own people, your history? So I always try to educate myself and also my team about where we come from, mm-hmm. even as a community, as people. A lot of the dancing we do, it comes from somewhere. Yeah. It doesn't. It didn't. It didn't just appear in Bollywood. It didn't just appear on these big screens. There's so much history. There's so much knowledge we can take from it because our ancestors our you know, forefathers have done that work. Mm-hmm. And it's our responsibility to take that forth. Yeah. So I think, yeah, uh, I, my answer
0: was a little jumbled up. No, but, it, it, was, yeah. it was perfect because what I hear a lot of what you're saying is we can't run away from who we are and we get older and there's parts of us that try to lose things and naturally we do and all sorts of things, but our roots are what bring us back and our past is what we need to move forward. And I I appreciate this because it's something that I've been doing a lot lately too. Like, where did that go? And you and I were just saying, sometimes we start in the middle of a story. We think this was just there when we got there. You know, sometimes you go to a job and you think, oh, this rule that says – don't put the food in the fridge or whatever you think oh yeah okay that that's just always been there but there's a reason because somebody left their food rotting (laughs) you know there's a reason why that sign is up and so I think being curious and asking where did it come from is a great because like until you said it I was like you know what I don't even know the history of how yeah Bollywood movies and that that feeling of connection and your heart beating to the beat of the music, all of that comes from somewhere. Yep. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that that's how you stay connected is educating yourself to where did all this come from? And we need to know that in order to hopefully help carry it forward to the, to the next generation or whoever that may be.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's so important to go back to educating yourself. I want to em- emphasize on that people consider me an established dancer. I'm going to quote unquote that. Okay. And starting of this year, we all took a Kathak intensive for the entire first week of January. And the first thing the organizer said to me was like, I'm surprised. I'm shocked that you guys came as came to this workshop as professionals, as dancers who are already performing professionally, you guys didn't need to come to this. And and I was like, "Why not? I don't know Kathak. Mm-hmm. I want to learn it. I've, it's been a childhood dream of mine." And I think, like, I think accepting that you need to keep learning and you need to keep growing, and it's not about getting to a certain stage. Yeah. It's not about getting to a certain spot in your life. It's about growing. It's about and the process. Continuous growth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you're right, and people would. Some people would say it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. Exactly, it's, and that's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it. It is a lot about. What and I think that's hard for some some of us to be present and to because that's what it takes is being present, being authentic, being genuinely appreciative of the people and and whatever those things around you are that make you whole. And we lose sight of that. Everything's so fast paced, social media, this and that, this competition, and all the things in between that maybe get in the way, our pride, our ego, all that stuff. And so I think I think that's a really good point that you make about okay, like we haven't. It's not about getting to the end game. It's what are we learning along the way? yep. And and sometimes the game changes along the way. So, you know, like we don't realize that we're trying to get to one destination. And we realize, well, maybe I'll take a turn over here and check this thing over here out.
1: Yeah. And when your parents decided to immigrate, if you are an immigrant, yeah. immigrant, right? They weren't looking at the destiny. They were looking at the process of and the journey your kids were going to go through. Yes. Right. And I, I always go back to that. Like, my parents didn't come all the way here, leave their comfortable lives to have me lose all sight of culture and all sight of my roots and where I come from. So I think that's also, it comes from a sense of gratitude and it it comes from a sense of responsibility.
0: Right, Yeah. right. And to be honest, I see you do this balance of that because that sense of responsibility is we're taught, education is so important. Like you said, our parents... Whether it was fleeing their country, it was a safety issue, all sorts of things, it's thought out so that hopefully our kids or grandkids can have a better life. Yeah. And so education is such an important thing. You got to go to school. You got to be better than I was. You, I, I have to work way harder than I should have to because I didn't have the education. So I want you to as my child. And you, we we see in our community and we joke all the time about the common engineer, lawyer, doctor. Those are the things our parents want us to be. Sometimes there's very little room to be creative, and yet we grow up with Bollywood. We grow up with big gestures and Rukh Khan showing up at your university to <laughs> sing you a song with your name in it, and you're like, "He's singing to me!" And all, all these grand gestures and all these sorts of things. But then we can't. We don't have space or room because out of fear and all that, our parents are trying to protect us. Yet here you are. You go to school. You have this impressive job. You work with CBC. And then there's also this creative side that you also get to balance and have. And so how did you get to that place of, of honoring who you are and finding your creative self as well as being responsible and going to job and paying your bills?
1: I was always creative, right? Like I always danced, but I never actually pursued it professionally. I never took dance lessons. It was kind of like a hobby because you don't realize that it, it's something that you can pursue. It's- you know, people discourage it, and it's always that straight cut path: become a doctor, become an engineer, become a lawyer, whatever it could be. And I also faced that, but I had really good teachers uh, along the way. I had uh, mentors, and they saw that spark in me very early on, and they were like, "You need to be on the stage. You need to, you need to be creating. You need to be performing." And I remember my junior high teacher; she forced me out of IB program. Because she was like, you're not going into this highly academic program because your creative side is gonna is gonna die. Because you're such a creative, you need some room to breathe while you're studying. So I was like, okay. So I blindly like followed her lead. She fought my mom on this, (laughs) man.
0: Like she was like, that's pretty impressive. Anyone, anyone coming to our moms and challenging
1: them? (laughs) She challenged my mom, and my mom was like, "What the fuck? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, is she's my daughter? Like, but yeah, Miss Park, if you're listening, yeah, she uh, challenged my mom." She took me to a, like a regular high school, and they were starting off. I remember a art-centered learning program, and she put me in that as a guinea pig, and she enrolled me without my consent. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the best thing that she could have done for me because she. I I know she's she was probably not allowed to do all these things, but I think sh- we had that relationship where I honored her mentorship so much that she felt that she could, mm-hmm. right? And we learned all the sciences, math, everything through the form of arts. And then I realized there's this beautiful, you know, relationship that you can find where you're living your life, but then arts also plays a part in it. Because it is art imitates life. Art is everywhere around you. Yeah. Like it's right on your walls right yeah. now, right? Like it's everywhere. Like when you wake up and you, you know, do yourself up, you do your hair, that's art. There is There are people who are getting, you know, degrees and whatever in aesthetics and whatever else that you can find and so I think that's where it started it started from right mentorship right people right timing and also listening to them yeah because I think if you're not listening to people around you who are telling you what's good for you Mm -hmm. then you're missing out yeah so I listened I was a good kid I listened to my teacher I didn't listen to my mom and then (laughs) uh, I followed that path and I found a lot of a lot of my ability came from expression through art I was bullied as a kid, you know, and as an immigrant kid, you're a little different, you're a little outcasted. And again, I told you I, uh, at the beginning of this interview that I was also very oblivious to my surroundings. So, you know, I wouldn't drink and I wouldn't go into like the normal teenager trends at that yeah. time. So I was like instantly not the coolest girl. Right. So like there was there was a group of girls who were super cool into all the new things and I was just kind of like the outcast. So My response to all those bullies was always my performance at the talent show, because that's when all those girls sat there while everyone else cheered for me. Mm -hmm. So it was my, like, it was my response to everything. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. How did, how did you get to the place where you thought, I'm being bullied, and instead of hiding, like many of us do, we hide, and that's what bullies' goal is, to make us go away and hide. You're like, no, I'm not gonna hide. I'm gonna step out on a stage and like bust out into like how did you get to that place of this is my way of of dealing with the bullying by getting out and performing in front of everyone, knowing that they're sitting in the audience?
1: I'm gonna give credit to my mom for that. When I was growing up in India, the first thing after every exam mothers did was call each other and ask about each other's ranking. My mom was like, you gotta focus on yourself. You're your own biggest competition. You're not competing against anyone else. Nobody else matters. And I think that's where this comes from because that strength to just kind of rely on yourself and not worry about what others think and not let it affect you. I'm not saying I was like super, like I was like a superwoman or something. Like I was super immune to all of it. I wasn't. It would hurt me sometimes when they would make comments or they would put you down. You're standing in the locker room and they're like, chatting about you like you can hear it but I also knew that like at the back of my head that I'm gonna make it big one day and these girls are going to be like, watching me mm-hmm. I don't know where that overconfidence came from really I was I guess I was cocky as
0: fuck but well, I don't know cocky me. yeah <laughs> I I I want to go back for a second like your mom that is very very unique for a South Asian woman particularly a woman in India. Teaching her daughter something that daughters never get taught. She probably wasn't taught, but she had something in her to tell you, this this world is going to be nasty to you and you figure out a way to rely on yourself and you do better for yourself. Like That is the best advice a mother could give her child and many many of our moms probably wanted to it just it was never you know like it is calling each other up and finding out yeah my daughter is this doctor my yeah. you know son whatever uh, it just to be your fan and throw throw that around but for your mom to genuinely teach you that is is mind blowing like mind blowing i see a lot of now this leadership and what i read about you and see about you it i can see where a lot of those roots and those values come from is is your mother. My
1: mother is the reason I'm here. I think she should be the one who's interviewing everyone. Hey,
0: can you call? (laughs) Let's
1: get her here. (laughs) And I think like the resilience that she's taught me is crazy because I don't see that nowadays. Yeah. And I was ranting about it this morning, but I don't see that tough skin on people. And she helped me build that because she was like, I remember she was, she told me very early on, I was like eight or something. And I didn't even understand what she was saying. But she was like, I never want you to rely on a man. I never want you to rely on anyone else. I want you to do your own thing. And I want you to compete only against your own self and your own standards. She never, ever compared me to the neighbor's child, a relative's child, my cousins, anyone. Yeah. It was more about like and it wasn't like I am an only child, but it wasn't about pampering me or anything. Yeah. I've gotten like, you know, the Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you got <laughs> the wooden spoon. Just <laughs> yeah, like
0: exactly. you're not you're not any more special than the rest of us. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> but it was it was like this strong foundation that I was blessed with. Yeah. Where nothing ever like, and I remember this there was this one instance actually, and and it was during university these were my best friends. And these were girls, Indian girls, born in Canada, who were mockingly telling me that I was an embarrassment to them, because whenever I would perform at university events, all these guys would be like gawking at me. Oh. So they felt embarrassed to, you know, hang out around me mm. after those parties, because it was like, well, you were too much of a center of attention. We don't want you to post photos with us. We don't want like we're kind of we want like a private life. And I don't know what you're trying to go for. Are people gonna pay you to dance now? And it was like oh, okay. those type of questions. And I like you know when random people say it to you, it's like whatever. Yeah. But like I remember I wasn't immune to my best friends yeah. at that time, and I went home like devastated, and I was so I was so hurt, and I remember telling my mom, and she's like. If we never said this to you, your parents never said anything like this to you, who are they? Don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Because I was telling her, I was like, you know, at that same party where these girls felt so embarrassed of my presence, I was protecting them because it wasn't me who was getting, you know, hit on or like touched without consent. It was one of those girls. And I was, I remember protecting her and how can she turn around and say this to me? Yeah. And it was, it was those times where my mom stood up and like protected me from all these outside influences. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think that's another example of a, a like another great story about how sometimes people from our own community or how it, within our own community, we can be tough on each other. Yeah. When we really need each other, yeah. everyone else is being tough on us. It would be great if within our own community, we can build each other and support each other. And you and I were talking about this before we started recording too, about how you were asking about the art on my wall and I was talking about the artist and I was talking about you and a few other artists that I've had the privilege of following that are great and entertain me by saying things back to me. They're great. They'll respond back to me. But I'm like, it's so different today because for me, 20 years ago, there was a lot of competition in the way of we, we weren't supportive of each other. And it was really hard to make it in the art scene back then, let alone, I'm sure it is today, but I'm not trying anymore. I did back then. (laughs) And it was difficult because the art scene also pinned you against each other because there's one tiny role for a person of color and 30 of you are all auditioning for it or something, right? So there it also made it difficult. But today you, you see a lot of artists out there that are fist bumping and saying, good for you, get out there, do that. There's room for everyone's creativity. When we have that, we're thriving as a community. Isn't that what art is teaching us? That when we have that from The artists from eons and eons and eons, isn't that what we learned from their paintings and the history that a community thrives when you can stand around a photo or you can stand around a piece of artwork and talk about all the different angles versus it's one way or the other. And so, you know, I just think it's really cool to have someone like you today here and sharing stories like that, where that isn't, those were examples that taught you to not go that route, you know, and I'm appreciative of that because even though I'm like much older than you, you are such an inspiration to me and role model for me that, hey, we don't, there's enough room for all of us. Like we can support each other and still get our piece of cake or whatever that metaphor is supposed to be. I'm sucking at those, but <laughs> yeah. Like would, would, what would you say to that? Would you say today there's a, there's a different vibe within our community within the arts world?
1: So Madhuban actually started from this like exact thing you're talking about. It started from the lack of spa- safe spaces and the, the heightened competitiveness that I faced, right? And and it was also like people were getting pit against each other and like women just were very snarky and always trying to like one-up each other. And so that's where Madhuban came from. But I actually, this year's resolution, I was thinking about it, this year's resolution is actually to reconnect with some of those dancers Mm. who inspired me to start Madhuban but like in the opposite direction Mm because they were against me right and I want to reconnect with them because I realized we're all human and as you said there were lack of resources Mm -hmm. and there were lack of those performance opportunities 10-15 years ago yeah and now the new generations come in and they came with such open hearts that they realized that we are the ones who can create opportunities by being together. Mm-hmm. So you can open more doors when you have more people pushing those doors totally, open. Yeah. Right? Imagine one person trying to barge in, but when there's 500 of you yeah. together, yeah. you're going to open a lot of doors. Totally. And so I want to, like, my personal goal this year, my resolution for the year is to reconnect with the people I lost along the way, because of all this com- competition because of all the snarkiness and like the mean girl bullshit that was yeah, going on and yeah.
0: that's amazing how did you get there how did you decide that that's what you want to do like what does one have to do or eat or you know like like what do we have to do what vitamins we have to take to it's so much harder i guess is what i'm trying to say it's so much harder to go that way even though that's the best for our soul and for us it's so hard to to do that because of pride, ego, right? And all the other things. So how do how do you say, you know what? It's bigger than me. It's not about that. How do you do that?
1: Well, because when I was standing on the stage receiving Top 40 Under 40, I felt unworthy. Mm-hmm. I felt I wasn't representing everyone. There were people I lost along the way. There were artists who are still operating in the city who do not talk to me because we parted ways along you know like this journey and because we saw things differently and i bet if i reconnect with them they will have a different perspective on things and i will have a different perspective on things and you realize we're all humans and we make mistakes yeah. we fuck up yeah. and i think i think that's the journey i want to be on i think if i want to become a better artist i need to become a better person first and that's why I wanna keep pointing those fingers at me. But you because even if you have your middle fingers up, mm-hmm. there's four other fingers and a thumb pointing <laughs> at pointing at you yeah. first, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's coming from. And I've been reading a lot of like spiritual texts, sacred texts, whatever you believe in, they all they all talk about forgiveness and they all talk about killing the ego mm-hmm. and becoming detached to the outcomes. Right. So I think that's the journey I want
0: to be on. Okay, so uh, I'm going to share my middle fingers today. <laughs> so why don't we go right into our middle finger segment? Because I'll let you go first. Because That'd be the <laughs> kind thing. But what you just said is a lot of what I wanted to talk about. And so I think we're going to pause what you just said and get into the segment and then probably go back when you talk about forgiveness. Okay, so what did you bring today to put your middle fingers up to? Apathy. Oh, apathy and I reason why I say this I've been frustrated all day today
1: I find that the fire I have in my belly I'm not seeing it in the new generation of kids Mm -hmm. because they they haven't had as many adversities which is like touch wood a good thing yes yeah yeah but also not because there's no tough skin as I mentioned my mom would be like Grow the fuck up, you know. Get get your big girl shoes on and don't cry. Get get out of the door. This and is like, not the hill we're dying. Yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I think we've become so hypersensitive. And I'm not discounting mental health. And I'm not trying to take away from that conversation because I think that's very important too. Because we were lacking that. But then there's a balance we gotta find where it's the focus is on mental health and building resilience. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm not seeing that fire in people's bellies anymore so I, I i count that as apathy yeah it's like okay i will just do whatever comes my way if this 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 work back in my day because there were a lack of opportunities if something came my way i was like yes yeah well I you will- were
0: probably fighting to get something first of all i didn't just come your yeah, way i would it, imagine yeah
1: like or something like, you know you see a poster and you're like okay i'm going to do that and i'm gonna make sure that i go on uh, the C train for 1.5 hours and like make, get my little ass over there. Yeah. Nowadays kids cry about
0: going from point A to point B in half an hour. And I'm like, you guys don't realize. What do you think's changed? Like where, where do you think that fire in the belly? Like where, how do you think it's been lost?
1: I don't know if it's the social media generation where everything is so accessible and you have so much information right at your, your fingertips. Right. You can look up a resource, a video or anything. People don't care to go out of their homes and learn something from an in-person connection, which is why I appreciate you so much because <laughs> I think you're so cool for doing this and having these raw conversations with people in the community. I think that that like in-person connection is important, that drive to learn something new yeah. is important and that fire is important. Yeah. And I keep lecturing my team about that too, like the new little girls coming in. I'm yeah. like- this was not easy. And I, I create presentations to show them what you have right now is like a silver spoon. But I need you guys to know the entire journey of like how we came from here to here. So you guys are grateful for it. And right. you guys can carry this on with the same vigor and same strength. And you're not taking it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Middle yeah, fingers figure. up to apathy and mm, like, yeah, lack yeah. of
0: fire in your belly. Do you think some of that is. Lack of self responsibility. Like, do you think some of it is that we have, as you said, all the resources available, so we have a lot of explanations about why I'm I am feeling the way I am or why I am the way I am, and and that's not, not necessarily managing our mental health. That that's more of having a rationale for it. But there's work we have to put forth to build good mental health, good physical health, what emotional health, and all that. Do you think that that's part of that? fire that's missing is that people don't have the capacity or the ability to do the work to get there. I don't know if it's like the lack of
1: or the capacity or something. I I, I want to do a whole yeah. exploration into this because I if I could find the answer, I would like to solve it in the people around me yeah. and the people I'm working with yeah. because I love them to death. I think they're so talented. They're so capable. But where's that inner girl or inner boy in you going like, I'm gonna make it big. You know, like, I used to shoot for the stars. And then I would get to like, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what's missing the drive to do something bigger than you.
0: Well, and also, like you said, we have social media, we have a lot of this technology. And so it's hard to find a drive when I'm distracted by what's in front of me and and nowadays socializing with friends might be gaming together in my room or on my phone or whatnot and so yeah like you said there's there's not a physical presence or social etiquette maybe isn't in the way that it used to be yeah and the desire like there's some stats out there about young adults in their 20s are having the least amount of sex these days because there is zero I think, desire to meet people, again, because you can do things through online, you don't have to go meet people, the pressure isn't there. Even young people, and I'm not encouraging young, you know, (laughs) young people to have sex. That's not, I'm not trying to tell you that, whether you should or shouldn't. I'm just saying that developmentally is typically what you'd expect of teenagers to go to house parties and do the bad things, drink and maybe take your parents car and yeah. maybe go hang out with people that you're attracted to and that's happening less and less too. Young people young people aren't necessarily doing that because there isn't a need in the same way. You can get your socialization from your handhelds. So I I wonder if that is a correlation. That has some of it, but maybe others listening have some thoughts that they can send in and tell us like what what do you think to that? So Well, there you go. There's your middle fingers up. So, okay. So I am going to put my middle fingers. And so funny, because you talked about forgiveness. My middle fingers are going to, I have two middle fingers. So one's going to the pride and then the other one's going to the ego that often drive us away from apologizing. And I think even though we recognize there's a necessity, apologies connected to healing and forgiveness and all that. I think the piece that I've been thinking about lately is the we're missing the self-forgiveness. I owed myself an apology the other day. And I kind of thought for a second, I'm like, when it like, when do I ever apologize to myself? And maybe that's part of why it's difficult to apologize to this other person that I really don't want to say sorry to. But I also owed myself an apology in that too. And so I had to like go and talk to myself and apologize to myself and do this thing. And then I was like, oh, my God, there's so much pride and ego right now that's getting in the way of me just telling myself I deserve to tell myself I'm sorry, you know, for having these high expectations for that thing that I couldn't do. And now I feel crappy. But the, the thing I'm apologizing for is that I thought I could do something that I clearly couldn't. And so I don't know, I got me thinking and I thought, OK, pride and ego, you guys suck, and i would say middle fingers up to that so pride and ego i don't know what you would you use those words for what get in the way of not apologizing specifically to ourselves i think you nailed it like think you so? nailed
1: it yeah i think that's what i'm trying to kill this year too pride and ego yeah it's your ego the i that comes in between yeah you and your true self yeah and at the end of the day we all feel guilty about something but we won't let ourselves realize it. So mm-hmm. to reach that self-realization, we have to get there. Mm-hmm. We have to forgive ourselves mm-hmm. for being human mm-hmm. and for making those mistakes because we're not superhuman. Totally. We're not God. Yeah, And then we have to forgive the other person because you, you realize and you sonder, right? Sonder <laughs> is that term where you realize that everyone is living a complex life yeah. Yeah, along yourselves and you you you're not the only one and you're not special. You're not the center of the universe.
0: Right. You know, exactly, even though I like to in encourage my family members to think I am, <laughs> the only lady of the house. Oh, I guess we have a female dog now, but I don't know. I think, you know, like would you say like when's the last time you would say you've apologized to yourself? Is that is that something that you have done? Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: like this year, this month has been a lot of being easy on myself going okay yeah you fucked up there but like it's okay like calm down like don't hold yourself accountable yeah and I still struggle with this guilt piece and guilt leading to anxiety and then just going in like a spiral and then I think it's just reflecting and then coming
0: back to surface and
1: staying grounded
0: yeah yeah Yeah, I think that's a good reminder is just that piece about going back to your roots there's there has to be roots or connections in some way yeah. to like you said to ground us and sometimes it's our moms you know <laughs> they they know when to call us it's yeah. like my mom always knows right time to call and i don't always answer <laughs> cuz i'm not ready but she knows something's going on or it literally is the ground just to get up and have movement and and walk or something to help us work through it but definitely, definitely would encourage us to have a little more self-compassion and apologize a little more to ourselves. I don't know. I think it might help us apologize to others more too.
1: Yeah. And also, but I would want to say it's a fine line between apologizing to yourself, keeping yourself in check, and then going into victim mentality. Yeah. So where's the
0: line? Where does you say? Uh,
1: I would say when you start feeling sorry for yourself, instead of saying sorry to yourself. Yeah. Being a martyr.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have to do all these things. I have to take the garbage out, do the dishes. Everyone wash does, Wash, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, have to, I have to do all this, right? Yeah. And then it's like everyone literally stops listening.
1: <laughs> yep. You can complain. You can rant to your friends. Do it. Yeah. But watch yourself, man. Yeah. That's when, you know, you should, like, you know how we pe- pe- people have swear jars? They should <laughs> have, like, complaining jars. Yeah, like, yeah
0: victim. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: victim jars. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't do that. Like, don't yeah. do that to yourself. It's not fair to yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Would you have some advice or encouragement to what you think could counteract or be helpful instead?
1: I think accountability and also because if you're accountable to yourself, then you'll realize that you're not the only victim in that situation. And then you'll realize that you're also a part of that, why that thing got fucked up or that thing got screwed over. But accountability is yeah. one uh, parameter, I would say.
0: What I like about that is I think it helps us be in charge, too. Sometimes it's like we are f- we feel like we don't have control of what's happening. We feel crappy. That's where the victim mentality. And, and I'm really trying to say that to be kind. Like, I understand that that might seem a little hurtful to others. But by victim mentality, really, it's like feeling like I don't have choice in this matter, feeling like I had to do this thing that I didn't want to do or say this thing. And and sometimes that accountability allows us to find the power within and be able to say, okay, like I do have somewhat of a choice in this. I can do it this way or say it that way. Like there is always, like you said earlier, a silver lining, there's always something in there that allows us to invite ourselves to, I think, find a solution or whatnot. And sometimes we need to feel, I think, validated. And that's where that victim mentality comes from. It's Often, I know for me, it's like I'm leaking because I haven't heard someone in my household say, thank you. And apparently the laundry fairies do all the laundry, right? So it, it sometimes feels like, okay, that's what it is. And sometimes I think it's just changing the lingo a little bit too. And that even helps feel accountable. I may not be able to change the way this situation ends up being but I can have a different mindset yeah uh, or I'm choosing to be angry or choosing yeah. to be the way I like I also have a choice in that too and exactly the approach yeah exactly right how I'm how I'm responding so so okay well there you go there's our um, middle fingers anything else you want to add to that apology or anything before we move forward No, I
1: think think we covered a lot of it. And I, yeah, if something comes up, I will slip that in.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the birth of Madhuban. So you talked a little bit about your performing arts. You talked about the catalyst that sort of helped build your performing arts. Would you say there's any other specific experiences that led to that, the, the performing arts? Or would you say it was more later in life with some of the dance studios or community members that you were working with?
1: So I was still in university when I got recruited by like a professional team to perform with them. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, I I, I like being a solo artist because I was doing a lot of solo work, mm-hmm. and you know, you you don't have to prep as much, so you can just kind of go You'll on be yourself
0: to rely on. Yeah, it. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, you, like, you know, you could just go on and improvise and like just be yourself, and yeah. like nobody would know that you didn't choreograph this piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I was like, okay, well, like let's try it out, and then I was hit instantly by like the toxic environment, uh, a lot of male centric narrative yeah. going on, and I think I was like. In- turned off and I tried to fight it I tried to like I I was amazed at how much of a beauty contest it had become it was like the hottest new girl gets to be the main girl because she's pretty or she has a certain body type and and I was appalled because I was like there's no there's no consideration for talent there's no consideration for hard work so I remember I would helping this choreographer choreograph for like five hours a day before teaching all the other girls. And then when you would go on stage, there was no recognition for you. There's no like, you know, choreographed by blah, blah, blah. And I know it doesn't matter. But then at the end of the day, it does because then it didn't feel ethical. So I think it was like lack of ethics, Mm -hmm. lack of like accountability, responsibility towards your dancers. And it wasn't just one group all the groups at that time operated like yeah. that whether it was run by women whether it was run by men and i was like where's the, where can i go where now i want to do team stuff but yeah. like i don't want to do it like this right i want to create but I, I i don't know how to choreograph where do i go and then um, i think that's when madhuban came to be because i was at the so i was part of this cast for university of calgary stance montage And the choreographer absolutely hated me. Mm. She she thought I brought too much individuality to my dancing. And uh, she wanted me to tone it down. And she wanted me to look like everyone else. Right. And all the dance majors were really good at that. They were really good at looking like each other and having that same body language. And I was like, extra latka jhatkas, extra, like, (laughs) tumkas, like, a wink here, a wink there, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: exactly like how Madhuri did it in the movies.
1: Exactly. So, because I am a Madhuri fan, like, I was channeling my Madhuri, you know? And uh, she didn't like that. I remember she was like, I need you to wear, like, extra eyelashes, I need you to do this and that, and I was like, oh my god. And I remember performing and then coming back to the makeup room and Realizing I really liked the aspect of performing day after day, but I didn't really enjoy the environment. Mm -hmm. So I wrote down every single thing I wanted to change. And I started talking to people around me. I want to create a dance group that is this, 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 this. A safe space. Dancers, at that time, it was women-oriented. So women who can think for themselves and individuality. So I'm not going to create a team of robots. We're all gonna look different. We're not gonna fit into the same sizes, and we're going to be our own selves. And yeah, and I think that's what gave birth to Madhuban. And I was silently working on it, and then I remember going up to my choreographer, the the troupe I was working with. I was like, "Fuck you! See you in the market, and uh, <laughs> see you on stage <laughs> yeah, next time we're yeah, performing." Yeah, yeah, and like I, I had a conversation <laughs> with him, and I was like, "I'm done." Yeah. And I quit and I started Madhuban very silently, but like slowly. Mm-hmm. And we were three dancers at that time and we, we went ahead
0: with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this was it back in 2016, right? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like eight years ago, if yep. I, my math is correct. Yes, yep. Yep. I did it I, all in my head right now. Can you <laughs> believe awesome. it? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm getting good at math. So in eight years, you set out to create a space that was safe. And that's what helped you be recognized with the Avenue Magazine and the Top 40 Under 40. And can we talk a little bit about that? So what what have you heard from folks that have joined your dance team that have come and gone? Like, what would they say is the safe space? To be themselves. Yeah. I, they feel it. They talk about that. Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: We're, whole bu- like we're a bunch of outcasts that now created our own table and we get to sit on it. Yeah. And nobody can tell us no. Right. You know, like, you know, when you felt like you were left out from, you didn't belong, Mm -hmm. you, those people just didn't understand you. Well, there's a space where we don't care where you come from, where you, what your background is, what you look like. We just care about you pouring your heart and passion into what you like to do.
0: Why is dance so important to you? you? You talk with so much passion. You left you know like i think those i'm going to just stop for a second when i before you answer why it's so important because i just want to preface like for people listening and and maybe for people listening that wouldn't understand dance like i i only know from the from being in our community and dancing is part of everyday you move your furniture to the side you dance at the parties you dance all the time and for you like you left a pretty man led patriarch kind of arts world And you decide to go and do this and put this together. Like it, I would imagine too, like a lot of people would be like, good luck. That's not going to happen. And, and also in YYC, where it's really difficult to expand in arts in other communities and cultures. So you really had to put blood, sweat, and tears. I would imagine when you say, I did this slowly, Uh, there's probably a lot of reasons why, a lot of red tape, all sorts of things. But in all that, I can feel dance is so, it's like your, your lifeline. Why? Where does that come from? That you would do all that to, to, you could create a safe space in so many other ways, but you did it this way. Why? What does that mean to you?
1: We're all born with something. I was born with dancing. That was my language. Like I danced more than I spoke when I was Alone by myself. I didn't have siblings. I wouldn't go out as much to play with other kids because I was a little bit of an introvert Uh, when I was a little kid. I would dance because that's how I felt. uh, I connected with the energies around me. I felt like I connected with myself. I don't actually traditionally meditate, I meditate through dancing. That's where I find myself. I've always just been able to be my best self when I'm on that stage or even when I'm in a dark room just dancing for myself. Mm-hmm. And those are my favorite moments where I'm like just moving and my body's just going along with it, going along with the music and I can feel it. And now what makes me happy is seeing other people feel the same thing. Yeah.
0: People with yeah. similar stories. Yeah. That got shut out, doors closed. Mm-hmm. Now they get to show up and yep. to do exactly what you said, not worry about fitting in a certain box, but creating their own. Yep and all through movement and energy and connection in the way that you've built it. And I would imagine that's something that you must be so proud of.
1: I'm very proud of my team. That's what I, like I'm- Spoken like a true leader. <laughs> so like right there, that's a leader. Yeah, no, I'm proud of my team. I'm proud of how they've helped me meet my objectives of creating a safe space. Yeah. I've never had a dancer come up to me and go like, why am I not in the lead? Why am I not the center of attention? Why have you decided that I don't belong here? They trust me enough that if I've made that decision to put them in a certain spot, that there's a reason for it and they have some growth to do. And then they'll reach out to me for extra resources or extra time, Mm -hmm. one-on-one time. And I think they are the reason why this safe space exists because I wouldn't have done it alone. Well, right?
0: and you can't, right? Yeah. Unless if it's your own. But if a community is going to partake in this, that means a community has to agree and follow and want to wanna be part of that. However, I have to say, though, that community looks to their leader. And if we were all watching this, people would see me pointing at you. <laughs> it's a dance. Follow and lead. You need both to be able to, like the tangle, right? You yeah. need both to be able to execute a dance like that, you can't have a leader if there's no follower and you can't have a follower if there's no leader. It goes hand in hand. And I think good leaders know that they are nothing yeah. without their team and the and the people that help provide that safe space. Like you, you can tell everyone we're safe here, but that's not necessarily going to make people walk away saying, I agree.
1: Yeah, but I'm also not leading a herd of sheep. Yeah. I'm leading Leaders. Individuals. Yeah, individuals who are leaders in their own right. And they have a lot of personality. If you met my team, every single person is a gem. I get emotional talking about them because I feel I'm so blessed to have these people in my life. They bring so much of their heart and soul and they do it voluntarily. They don't get any monetary anything out of this like this is all volunteer work because madhuban is a not-for-profit yeah so we all meet um you know outside our workspaces sacrifice family time and we meet to create and create together and they enable that by being so open-minded to listen to my crazy ideas (laughs) and like go along with it (laughs) so there's that trust there's that trust yeah. which I am so blessed to find. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's where the best, I bet, creativity sparks from when yeah. there's this, you, know, you think of all these famous rock bands or groups and stuff they always talk about, they they excelled when they all had this unlimited amount of trust for each other. And that's not always common. People strive for it. But the way I hear you talk, it's, it's very evident that, that that exists. And I'm I think we owe you and your team a great like a lot of thank yous because it it's just not common <laughs> to not. to get something like this. And you know, I read I read an article with you. I think you're you were on a podcast recently, and you talked on there about being in New York not too long ago and turning to your friend and saying, I think Calgary's getting here. I think Calgary is like really close to this art scene. So, that tells me there's hope and we're we're definitely moving forward. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: 100%. When I started out about 16, 17 years ago in Calgary, there was literally nothing. There was one Diwali event where you could perform as a South Asian artist. And for was that it was that at the university? No, it was at Jack Singer.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And you
1: had to pay. You yeah. had to get you had to get a sponsor to be able to go on that stage. So imagine
0: <laughs> who's gonna sponsor like I, like I
1: remember asking my mom's uh, like workplace yeah. to sponsor me yeah, because like i a rich
0: uncle yeah
1: and i was like this is crazy right yeah. and it wasn't anyone's fault it was just lack of resources and lack of everything and now cut to now so many opportunities my calendar is jam-packed a uh, madhuban's jam-packed right now and I, it's not just madhuban all our contemporaries right now so many opportunities coming the way i, I see Instagram like blowing up every day, like we're doing this, we're doing that and blah, blah, blah. And I remember I was at a, I was in a panel not too long ago where we were talking about community building and we were talking about com- community building through the arts. And a lot of people are coming back from New York and LA and all these places to Calgary because they're finding that the scene here is so raw and so genuine and there's more opportunities, right? I always, I don't know how I knew this very early on, that I know, I knew we weren't the Toronto or Vancouver of Canada, or we weren't like the it city. Yeah, but I could see it happening because when you know, when when there's nothing there, you're the at the heart of it, mm. and that's the beauty. Like I would rather be a blank, pioneer, blank canvas, yeah, blank canvas, and you're you're. You, I'd rather be a pioneer yeah. than following what everyone else is doing and saturate the market more. Yeah. So we're in a beautiful city. Yeah. With beautiful people. Mm-hmm. I feel like Calgarians are so generous mm-hmm. and they're so kind and there's so much to explore here. So why go outside when you can bring it here?
0: Oh, that's yeah. it's amazing. You know, like another reason why I really felt it was important to have this conversation with you is like, that's a part that I struggle with, with Calgary is – it's hard to not be on your side. And I've had a few fantastic guests like you that are a big part of Calgary and they speak in the way you do. And so that I know that how consistent you are, that there's so much hope. And, and also there's personal work that I have to keep doing to why I keep seeing it from, from a dark place. But to hear you is like the inspiration, the big reason of why I wanted was like, how would you invite those of us that struggle to see the community in the way that you do? What would you suggest to us or what advice would you give give to us so we can be where you're at? Because I, I want to be there too. I want to I want to embrace our city. I want to I want I want our city to thrive. I want us to do well. I want people to feel connected when they come to Calgary.
1: How I would So you know how we were talking about the ideology of focusing on yourself and not competing? It applies to where you are, too. It's never about where you are geographically. It's about what you do with it. You could be in New York and still not do jack shit. Yeah. It's about what you do with what you have. And when you have limited resources, you actually should have more fire, to make something out of it because that's when you can get creative. Mm-hmm. If you have a room full of things, then everything is at your disposal. You're not gonna you're not gonna be creative. You're gonna do what the other person is doing. Mm-hmm. But when you have that lack of and you're starting something new and there aren't many things, that's when your mind starts working, right? That's when you're like, oh, I could bring this. Mm-hmm. Actually take those cities as an inspiration to love your city more because and take pride in that. Mm. You grew like you know, you grew up in this place and yeah. you have a home in this place. So why not foster this community rather than running to a community that's already yeah. seen its days yeah. and will see continue to like you know yeah. become as big as it can be. But then you know New York for example is romanticized in a lot of Hollywood movies. That's right. Why not attract Bollywood movies, Hollywood movies here, which our mayor is trying to do. Yeah. And um that's when you know people are gonna start falling in love with our city, and then people are gonna start seeing, oh, there's this beautiful city, and they have this, 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 this. It's all, but at the end of the day, marketing, right? Yeah. We're seeing a lot of that. So take that as inspiration and then bring it here. That's how I see it. Yeah. And it's all about integrating, right? Like so, um, I didn't want to keep uh, South Asian art just in the Northeast box. That's right. So that was one of the main goals last year for our team. How do we bring South Asian arts to the inner city? And how do we change the percep- pres- perception that Bollywood is not just flashy sequin costumes mm-hmm. and running around trees and flowers kissing each other? Yes. It's, it's also about a lot of different emotions and a lot of artists who paved the way for really good poetry, uh, really good, like, sensible art, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I think what goes to the mainstream is not what we are all about. So, I think that was one of our biggest goals and continues to be our biggest goal, to change the perception that has been created for us. We're not just how how do I say this? But like you know how South yeah. Asian yep. characters get tokenized on these comedy shows totally, or like yep. mainstream shows? Yeah. Yeah. The shows. Nerd yeah, the, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Either the yeah. nerd or the grocery store yeah. owner or like a taxi yeah. driver. Always a taxi driver. Yeah yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, how do you break those stereotypes? You show them that you're freaking cool. Yeah. That we do we have rock in our music too. We we dance. Hip hop blended into a lot of traditional stuff too. We're not just like we're not just tokenized elephant riders turban wearing like magic carpet ride. Magic carpet ride. We're more than that. We're more than like what we look like. Yeah. That's that's all.
0: Oh man, that's so well said. You're you're so right. There are so many outlooks and so many ways we can look at it. And I appreciate how you go about encouraging those of us that maybe aren't in the same place or maybe don't necessarily see it that way, that there is a way there is a way to be part of this change that's happening. And I think I've had a few artists on, I've had YYC bump on and they are all saying this community here is like developing in a way that we should be really excited five years ago even we wouldn't even be talking about murals downtown and 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 bringing art in the way that we have with the light boxes or whatnot all all sorts of different art and i think i think it goes back to what you said though there's that hunger in our belly and not everyone has it and everyone has that fight but those that do can really contribute and be part of that so and i appreciate that that you are one of those that yeah. are the, you're talking about pioneers. I feel you are that for many of us here who like, it is not easy to be a person of color and do what you're doing and you talk <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like what your mom says, right? Like you're your own competition, get out there and do it. And from where I'm sitting, it, it it's mind blowing how how you continue to think of the good and right thing and building a community, whether it's ours or finding a new hour, you know, inviting, like you said, the outcasts and the folks that got kicked out and what, and I think good things come from that. That's, that's where all the best stories come from, where there's been a fight or a climax to get together. I mean, we know all the movies where it's happy from start to finish are boring to a watch. We don't learn anything from them. And so why wouldn't our life be that way as well? Can you share a couple of highlights for, from your performing arts? Because you guys have had some amazing things happen. You got a call from like Singapore and we're a big part of Bollywood feature. You've been on Netflix. Like you have a like a crazy resume roster. So I don't want to list your, your highlights. What would you say have been some highlights with Madhuban?
1: Yeah, so as you said, we were in a practice one day and we were rehearsing for a local Visaki show, I think. And we were trying to get this Punjabi dance right, I remember. And uh, in the middle of it, I get a call and I get a really obscure call. Like the number was very weird.
0: And then (laughs) spam caller. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: I was I, I, I don't know why I picked I think I picked up because my phone was connected to the Bluetooth. And then I was like, Okay, let me take this call. And then I got on a call and it was like some man from singapore and he's like well you know we saw your guys's video that made it and i'm gonna give a disclaimer i didn't work for the cbc at that time so our we had shot this dance video and there's a whole story to that but there's a <laughs> we sh- we had shot this dance video uh telling our story of how we came together and that's how it all started And that came from a place because one of my competitors had gotten my Facebook deleted. And uh, I was like, okay, now we're not getting any physical performances. So we're going to make a dance video. (laughs) And then that dance video spiraled into a CBC coverage and like ended up on TV. And we were like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then from there, we got a call from Singapore because they had seen that video. And that video had about, I think, on CBC, like social media at that time around half a million views. So it really did travel across the globe and people were sharing it, commenting on it. It was crazy. So it was like our first viral moment, I guess. And then- uh, Again,
0: all because you, something, a door closed and you're like, let's open another one over here. Yeah, exactly. Build our own door.
1: (laughs) That's exactly, you know what? We're bored. (laughs) We're not performing. (laughs) Nobody's hiring us because our Facebook is gone and we can't connect with anyone, but- We'll create our own video and we're going to tell our story. Yeah. So we did. And then got a call from this producer who was producing The Extraordinary Journey of the Fakir with Dhanush, um, who is a superstar in India, mm. uh, both South and North India. Mm. So he has a lot of, a lot of fan following. And we were like, what? And then I, I remember getting the call and like my dancers are watching because like my <laughs> expressions are changing throughout the call. And they're like, what, what is going on? Right. And then I think the offer was in this one week we need a video promoting this song, uh, because we wanna show the diversity of Canada and we want it to feel like Canada, we don't want it to feel like India. Right. And we wanna show how the song is kind of making wa- waves throughout right. yeah, throughout the globe. And I was like, okay, sure. I was like, sure, yeah, we can we can we can work on this and uh then I realized a friend, um, a dear friend, Rithika, who's also a Calgarian, you know, went on to do Bollywood. And so she's now in Bollywood and is doing a lot of directing and writing. She had recommended us. So, like, and then you read There's, it, another, there's a, another another example
0: layer. of, yeah. like, again, helping each other out. Yeah. At, I, you don't have... We don't have to be good at everything. Yeah. It, but there's, there's someone else that might be better at something than us. And that's such a lovely way to say, okay, why don't we recommend... Like, that's fantastic.
1: Exactly. Like, they had seen the video. They had se- like, they talked about it, and they were like, let's go with her. And Calgary was never supposed to be in the picture. It was supposed to be Toronto or, or like, Vancouver, a bigger right? Vancouver. Or Montreal or yeah, something. Yeah, the bigger yeah. city. And then this opportunity came our way. So uh, my dancers looked at me, and they were, like, horrified and... One of the dancers like literally stormed out of the door. Like she was like, You think too much with your heart. Like you cannot <laughs> say yes to this. Like, I'm so, I'm so done with you. Like, we have <laughs> we have a performance coming up. Like, how can you say yes to this? like she she got anxiety because right? she's like, She's like, In a week, how are we gonna find 30 dancers who don't look like us? And then in a week. In a week, and no, not even a week, because we had to give the confirmation in two days. And we were a small group at that time. We were only eight dancers. And I was like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And then that was my yes mentality, right? Like yeah. say yes to everything. Um, and I was like, "This is a wink from the universe. Like this is where we're supposed to go." Right. And um, I said yes without the teams. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: without- that's where that's where the trust comes in. Hand, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Some of them were like,
0: "Okay, we'll just
1: watch you do your thing. <laughs> like, let's see where this goes." Yeah. And I called another teacher of mine, uh, my dance teacher from high school, and I was like, "I need dancers, and I need them now." And she put out casting calls and stuff like that. And we had 60 auditions in our inbox in one day, 24 hours. And we were choreographing, like, I remember midnight to get that piece going. And we booked our studios and we had the whole project underway in a week. We filmed Everything with the local video producer who used to do traditionally weddings, but he was like so on board to like create this with us. And I think on YouTube that flash mob has about Mm -hmm. 270,000 views and um, it was shared in India Times and all the major newspapers in India and other places and I I couldn't even keep track because there were like amazing there was so much coverage and Dhanush himself shared it the music producers Amit Travedi like big 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 names in Bollywood shared right right. yeah
0: that's amazing that's a big highlight that was a big oh I went so much in depth into that I'm glad you did because that was that's a big deal yeah right and like look at what happens when safe spaces are created Look at, look at the opportunities that come our way when we take the time to figure out who we are, being honest with ourselves, true to ourselves, being present, not really... I guess being submissive to the nose and the door closes and then look at what happens. Yeah. How cool is that? Say yes to everything. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know if you're
0: there right now. Cause you've like you, you said it in a really lovely way, you said it was a very glamorous kind of a year last year because you had a lot of really fun, cool things being featured in the magazine as well as the performances. You've had awards coming your way. You've been part of lots of big deal things. So I think that, It just goes to show the perseverance and really putting in the time and not, like you said, thinking about the end game when you're really present and going with the process. Look at all these cool little things that, like, gems, things that come your way that you get to have high fives and people acknowledge you. And I think that's fantastic. Like, people from all over the world talking to big deal Bollywood stars. Like, did you ever think you'd be on the phone call? (laughs) Yeah, it was super cool. How could you say no? (laughs) Right? Like, you just, you can't. It's like... You How do you
1: say no to this? Yeah, no, but you no had no way.
0: clue what was going to happen. And look at how you pull it off.
1: Well, if we failed, we failed. Yeah. Right? That's how I saw
0: it. Did you think that that could happen? 100%.
1: Yeah. That was a very high-risk project at that time. If we were to do this now, it would have been easy because I have so many
0: dancers. Yeah, resource. resources. But that's yeah. why now. Yeah. Because of that, look at all the, re- the resources, teachers, people, all these people helping out yeah. to get this production done. And it's like you said – it's not just the performers, there's layers and things in the background of people, you know, like you were saying, when you were part of doing the choreography, why you left where you left, it felt unethical that there wasn't recognition, there wasn't any, any recognition or anything towards the people in the back working to get the, you know, and so here you are, look at all the folks at supported something like this to actually happen in such a short period of time
1: exactly and it couldn't be without them and totally. i want to give a big shout out to our music team too so it's not just a dance team it
0: yes. it has
1: expanded to music oh, amazing. and we're the first south asian band in the city which is super cool again the pioneering yeah. you know moment happening for us and they were in the background at that time Managing all the sound and everything on the streets, and yeah. then they are the ones who got featured in the recent Netflix release Kufia. Kufia, yeah,
0: yeah. right. That's what that's got like Dabu in it, right? And yeah, like grew, grew up with her as well. Like, yeah, so that's amazing. That's amazing. And like your music team, I did. I watch over Christmas them singing little Christmas ballads.
1: Yeah. So they do like little fun Christmas yeah. mashups. Yeah. So they mix in like Bollywood song with a carol. Yeah. It was really, they've kind of come up with that on their own.
0: That was so cool. Yeah. I think it was like at the mall or something like that. And I was like, w- I was watching the video. I was like, wait, what? This is like up and in people. And what caroling is this? Like I had never in my life seen something like that, but it yeah. goes another example of what you said where, it, there's just so much that we could be doing when you have that blank canvas. Yeah. Never would I thought I would have, would I have seen a mashup like that
1: before. Exactly. And like, it's coming all from them. Like The band is phenomenal and they are such good uh, you know, team players. They support the dance team in all our endeavors. And then they also do their own gigs and they've become such stars in the community. Yeah. Like They're just their own thing now. We never imagined that it would get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and it sounds like you guys are still going. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just have a couple more questions. You also, if we could just maybe switch gears for a second through CBC, you also had the Asian Changemakers campaign. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Of course, yeah. So I came
1: in and my uh, hiring manager at the time assigned me to Asian Heritage Month. And it was because of the time I started. It was March. And I remember, you know, that's when you go into like national uh, planning for Asian Heritage Month. And we had to send some stories and like do some articles. And I was like, this is cool. We get to feature some people. And uh, I remember I met a girl during that time who was my dance student And we were not friends at that time. Now we're best friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at that time, we barely knew each other. And she told me her story about how she was the first girl in her family, an entire family, like all the generations to go to high school. And now she was a high school teacher herself. And I just remember weeping because I was like... That is so powerful. More people need to know about this, that you changed it for your generations to come. And like the fact that like your parents supported you along the way. And now you're like, you've set this like standard for your future generations. And like, I just thought it was so powerful. And I remember including her in one of my features. She got recognition from her entire board and she. She works for a Catholic school board. So a sick girl who works in Catholic school board. So there's that. Yes. Weird, <laughs> like yeah, dynamic. Weird right? history. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then she was, and then she wasn't getting a permanent position at that time. And instantly she was getting calls like recognition and it helped her secure yeah. a more permanent position within the board. Right. And I was like, holy, because I knew this person personally. Yeah. I knew about the impact it made. And I was like, oh my God, this can change lives. Yeah. CBC's platform reaches so many people that like can actually change lives. And I have the ability to help that right. process. So I took ownership over Asian heritage month and i i pitched a new twist to it which was asian change makers yeah. and my like mentors at work really helped me shape it up and we got a local artist named zoe and she helped me with the illustrations for it and oh, awesome. like uh, other asian photographers and we got together and we we started creating these features and we started talking to people who are making a difference in the community yeah. and not just award winning or something like yeah glamorous or, you know, yeah, out that's there. That's
0: the easy way. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Last year, I talked to a farmer, hydroponic farmer, mm-hmm. and the only Asian farmer at the table and also the only female farmer. Oh, wow. And all the challenges that she faces and totally and I was blown away and we we got to go to their actual workplaces and see them in their natural habitats right yeah yeah and like the spark in their eyes when they would talk about what they do and why they do it it's just life changing and yeah. I, and I, that's what you're doing right here as well oh, you're te- well, you're, you know. you're telling, <laughs> telling stories and yeah. There's power in storytelling and that's where, it, yeah.
0: There really is. I think there's a lot of healing. Yeah. And again, what we were saying at the beginning, just, it helps us go back to the beginning of a story. Exactly. And we can talk about stats and numbers and all that all day, but the impact is through the experiences and hearing people's experiences. And so I think that that's, for me personally, that's how I learn is hearing people's stories and thinking, okay, like this has giving me some hope. Some light, just like the work that you're doing, right? So I, I think that's fantastic. I, I came across that when I was looking you up, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, you are such a, such a strong driving force, man. Like in some ways, it's like, I don't know, what would you go back and tell eleven year old you that when, because that was how old you were when you immigrated here, right? Yeah, and that's where some of the bullying and and all that started. So what would you go back and tell that eleven year old you today with all that you have accomplished?
1: don't change anything get bullied get past it fight be the fighter you are don't give up i wouldn't change anything yeah i wouldn't go back and change anything and i think that's it's it's a blessing cuz i live with no regrets at the current moment right like yeah. at present moment yeah that 11 year old she struggled she saw a lot of mean people and heard a lot of mean people and Went through a lot of things, but I think it's good that she did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Aw, that's sweet. Anything that you that you wish I'd asked you today that I didn't, or anything you want to go back and add to, or maybe we miss that you wanna you wanna take a moment and reflect or say?
1: I think I think we had such a healthy conversation <laughs> about everything. Uh, I want to say like everything I've shared isn't you know, written in stone. It's not something that I'm, of course, I believe in it right now, but it may change or it may evolve into something better or more impactful, or maybe I'll regress a year down the line and I'll start thinking negatively. We're human, we evolve. And always to listen to these things and relate it back to yourself and think about your own story and think about your own journey and where you started and where you want to go and shoot for the stars. Because I think if you don't, then you're not living. You're not living if you're not thinking about something bigger than yourself. And whether that means I'm going to learn how to cook this certain you know cuisine, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to learn how to sew, or I'm going to learn how to fix a car or I don't know like anything it doesn't have to be something glamorous it doesn't have to be something that people see on tv or whatever it has to be something that means a lot to you yeah and it has to relate it may has to make sense to your story it has to be authentic to your story because if you're just trying to do something that doesn't resonate with you like deep down you're never going to be good at it Right, yeah. you have to resonate with it. And you have to connect with it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you so much. That's where our when we can do that. I feel like that's where the passion and that again that fire in our belly that you—that's where that comes from. And sometimes maybe the fire going back to you know us being like, what is it, people that you're seeing that on them Maybe it's because we're disconnected from ourselves and need to find that. It's yeah. very hard, as we said, to be present and be honest with ourselves and apologize to ourselves. And there's so much distraction. And, you know, I don't think we're always having the right kind of conversations. We, hey, how are you? Great. Good weather. See you later. But not actually I'm hurting inside. And if I can take care of that, I might be able to build that fire. or I might I might be able to contribute to the community in the way that you are or others are. And I think, that's a it's a good reminder of like yeah where did I come from and where am I going and and what's happening in between and yeah. I think that helps us find that authentic piece. Like if we're trying to strive to please someone else or think that person wants to hear this, so let's get that person on. My passion, my connection is not going to be to it. So why don't, why don't I just find what I love doing? Amen. Right, yeah. and then go from there. And so I, I think I think that's hard for people, and I'm hoping conversations with folks like you can be inspiring that. We have one life and we have to be responsible. We have to pay the bills. We have to do those things. In there, is there a place for us to find what gives us joy, find that creativity, that kid that used to draw at the tables or that kid that used to play with glitter, the things that used to make us laugh as kids? Is there a way to find that same kind of excitement as adults? Otherwise, I don't know, like what's gonna be difficult (laughs) moving forward in sometimes what feels like a dark world. Yeah. You know, like you gotta find that light yourself because no one's gonna no one's gonna give it to us.
1: Yeah. You're the source of your own light. Yeah, well said. Yeah. And people are going to feel that energy off of you. Yeah. And so be true to yourself and it's going to take you
0: places. And I also just wanna say, I like what you said. I'm changing, I'm in a process. And I and I appreciate that because sometimes I think we get so connected to, let's say, this person you are today and you're going to be growing and thriving. And we don't, we don't want to lose that part of you. We grieve that part of you or whatnot. And also then we say, well, didn't you be used to be the person that used to say? And I've had some folks in my life be like that with me lately as I've been finding my story and finding where did I come from and why did I leave all that? And I don't know, sometimes it's hard to say this openly, but when I get asked that, like, didn't you used to be the one that used to say this or do that? It's like, hopefully you see we're growing. I might've said those things or believed those things or thought that was okay, but isn't part of life to move forward (laughs) and grow, grow, you know, be educated, the things we read about and we're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Or maybe I don't feel that way. I just think it's like we hold on to, well, this is what the way I am. And yeah, there's a big part of our roots that we carry, but there's also the beliefs and some of the values can shift over time. And that's not a bad thing.
1: That's not a bad thing. And so like, I think the biggest theme of our conversation has been that you have to give yourself a second chance. You have to give people around you a second chance, which is what I'm going to strive to do personally this year, for sure. And give everything, all things you thought about, as a correct or it's not black and white yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's so true it's not it's not black and white and we're students of life and we got to keep growing and you're going to have setbacks, man. What if I'm in the news for the wrong things next year?
0: Like, you Yeah, know well, I mean? then, hey, so like, all, all press is good press. All, yeah, but like... <laughs> I'll repost can... this, That This exactly. wild lady over here was, was you know, maybe I encouraged the wildness, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I'll do a different spin. Exactly. So, like,
1: it can, it can be regression, it could be progression, but you got yeah. to own up to it, and accountability part comes in, yeah.
0: Totally, right? Well said. Okay, so uh, what... What is a call to action? So what is something that you can leave our listeners with? Something that they can do, something they can think about based on what we've been talking about today.
1: Think about what gets you going. What is that spark in you? What's your fire? Because you have it in you and you're just not seeing it. And you have to find it because that's your purpose in life. You know, we talk about purpose in life. It's in you. You were born with it. It's not that it's going to come from somewhere externally. It's in you, you just have to explore it and you have to like massage it out mm. and then, you know, sit with it and sit with it long enough that it becomes all of you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Well, I have to say this whole interview that I've been dying to do, chasing after you as we joked, is come to an end. Like it's time for me to say thank you. Thank you for the time you gave me today. Thank you for being present in this conversation, sharing your journey. But like the biggest thank you is the hope and inspiration, particularly in the world of arts and the connection to mental health and finding our creative pieces, I think really helps us mentally grow and emotionally grow and like you said, fuels us. And so there's so much that I've been able to take from what you said today and I feel like I got more out of it than <laughs> you did. So I'm sorry to do that. But <laughs> thank you like so much for for today.
1: No, not at all. You weren't the only one who took away something from this conversation. Yeah. Cause I was hearing my own thoughts out loud yeah. and I was hearing your thoughts thoughts out loud. And I think we just connected in yeah. this conversation. And I think that's beautiful. And I yeah. think goes back to the point of get out and talk to someone new today. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, right? There we go. We did it. We crossed that thing off our, our list. We talked to someone new today. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for also giving us your time and listening to our episodes and sending us feedback. These conversations we have with our guests are door openers. If you'd like to add to today's conversation, if you have more questions for our guests, or you have feedback, you know where to find us. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.